Hello and welcome. You are listening to The Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice and abundance. And my name is Goose. My name is Gabby. And we are so delighted to have you here. Thanks for coming to the party. We are. Thanks. <laughs> so what, like today we, today, we, today, oof. How, how did today go for you, oh, Gabby? A bit tingly. A bit tingly. The juice is in the station. The <laughs> <laughs> so we spoke today about some, uh, well, we spoke about, we, we went deep on um, metaphysics, physics, uh, philosophy, uh, golden ratios, and more specifically, the concept of fractal economics. Yes, this is a phrase we, we throw around in our circles and we actually use to guide a lot of the direction for our clients um, because it's actually quite quite an unknown concept. I think it's inherently known. We know the concept of like leverage and compounding, but actually modeling this and using it as a way to decide what your portfolio needs and really stay in tune and have awareness about what you're doing. Um, yeah, it was awesome to just dig a bit deeper into explaining it and to give a bit more context. What was your biggest take? What were your biggest takeaways? So how, how would people know that if, if this episode's for them? Like what were your biggest takeaways? And then I'll talk about my biggest takeaways um, that we covered and then um, we'll get stuck into it. What do you reckon? Yeah. So the biggest takeaways for me, I think, were learning how we know the concepts of, of exponential growth and exponential you know, curves, but how, it, how we can apply it to real estate and how the concepts of leverage and compounding growth over time create that you know that exponential curve and i think we actually made it quite practical in it sounds like a nice concept and it sounds like a mathematical but people always say like well it's not actually applicable and it's not actually realistic but we combine it with the holy trinity principles and then it's actually quite an easy and logical roadmap Totally. So what we're really talking about, in case you, you, you're not sure, we're talking about how to grow your portfolio as big as you want it. Mm. Very simply. Not as big as, not, 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 not how to get to 100 properties. How to grow a portfolio as big as you want it, as long as it's going to suit your needs. And we really kind of hit on, um, I think the biggest thing to understand with this is you can do it. You can grow a portfolio. It is possible. Most people just don't understand how. We talk about exactly how to do that. Uh, we talk about the, t the only two levers that you can pull in your portfolio to keep growing. Um, we spoke about the golden ratio, mm -hmm. which is a universal law that goes all the way up to galaxies and all the way down to atoms about the ratios um, that drive nature and science and, and mathematics. We talked about how to create an infinitely complex pattern. Mm -hmm. We spoke about arbitrage. We touched uh, a bit on... Uh, debt and the psychology of debt and why a lot of people might not actually follow this because of a lot of the time because of the psychological yeah. mindset problem. 100%. Yeah. So with a lot of gold in there, I think the biggest thing for me is um, I, I believe that if people can understand these concepts, it'll transform the way that they approach not only real estate but life. I really genuinely do that. I do, do think that. This is, not, this is not just about how to buy as many properties as you want, though it is the key to doing that. If you don't understand this, you won't. If you don't understand the golden ratio in your portfolio, you won't be able to do this. Mm -hmm. You will get stuck and you will just be another statistic. Now, if you can understand uh, fractal economics on a concept level, you're going to be able to apply 
this uh, philosophy to every aspect of your life. And you're going to be able to think about what are the golden ratios that I can apply in my uh, wealth, health, relationships, everything in order to get exponential returns. That sounds like something worth trying to work out, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I was, yeah, I was actually pretty pumped with this. I didn't know exactly where we were going to go, but a lot of this was based on, um, sorry, Gabby, did you want to say anything? No. Awesome. So what the, a lot of this was based on a, well, it's based on um, concepts we first introduced in my book, uh, Limitless, the Renegade's Guide to Building Wealth Through Property. If you want to get a copy of that, head to www.renegadespropertybook.com. Grab a copy there. It's free. We've bought the book. You cover the postage and it's yours. And you get a personal note from me and Gabby because we're so pumped that you're <laughs> listening and being part of our community. Now, aside from that, um, this was, we also did a training inside our um, private membership site, our exclusive online community of real estate entrepreneurs. And if you're an aspiring real estate entrepreneur and you want to get some more of this kind of uh, action, then head to uh, www.theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. We've got a whole training series that we're doing in there called the Real Estate Entrepreneur's Handbook. Mm -hmm. This is We do a whole uh, uh, module, part, piece, whatever you want to call it, just on fractal, fractal economics. Inside the Real Estate Entrepreneur's Handbook, which is inside our community, so feel free to jump there and join. We're, we're blowing apart everything you need to understand about how to become a real estate entrepreneur from the concepts and models through to how to find hotspots and all kinds of wicked, wicked stuff. So they're trainings that we're releasing every week and they're designed to help empower you uh, to become a much better investor and have much greater levels of impact on yourself, your loved ones and your community. So short version of all of that is get your head around this stuff because it's where mm-hmm. the big money's made. I hope you have fun. Awesome. And enjoy the journey. This is not about speed. This is about quality. So enjoy this, learn, grow, and remember that we have time and time is our best friend. Don't try and do everything all at once. Just slow down a little bit and enjoy life. And um, we'll see you on the inside. Let's do it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab. My name's Goose. My name's Gabby. Gabby. Hello. How are you? Great. That's good. Not too sure why. Are you going to ask me how I am? Oh, how, how are you? I'm really good. <laughs> I'm freaking awesome, actually. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I'm so good. Nearly went on a... On a discovery of, of myself just then. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, great, but why? So, all right, Gabby, who are you? I am great. <laughs> no, who? Gabby. <laughs> um, okay. Goose, why, why are you so well today? Um, for a couple of reasons. First things first. So, we talk about, we did talk about health and um, I think the last one we did together, we talked about discipline. Mm-hmm. Pretty hectic. I think I definitely got on my high horse in that episode a, a little. A you little. did a little bit. Anyway, um, but I, I'm really pumped because remember a few episodes back, we did like to see life exercise mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, my health is really not great. Yep. Uh, I hadn't been paying attention to it. You know, I wasn't sick. I was just like basically just eating hits of crap and not looking after myself. I've been measuring my metrics, mm-hmm. i.e. 
jumping on the scales. <laughs> and oh, look, I'm actually like I've been running every day and I'm getting fitter. My physique is changing. I'm actually in really getting in really good shape and I'm actually really happy with it. Awesome. Uh, eating really well and plenty of it and feeling good and been measuring myself. I'm feeling great. And on top of that, so aside from like, you know, how much does goose weigh today? So aside <laughs> from that bit of uh, news for the podcast, for the podcast audience, <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks, guys. I hope you. Uh, I hope you keep track. Uh, let me know. They've got the little goose weight diary. They're, yeah. they're keeping score. Just n- note it down, guys. That uh, <laughs> we're ahead. We're in, we're in good shape today. Um, but aside from that, uh, we've been selling a lot of copies of my book we have yeah it's exciting yeah so we had it was a funny thing wasn't it we had a huge um blockage with it because we launched the book in march and then coronavirus hit and we were getting all the books printed in uh in the u.s and sent from the u.s and all of a sudden we just couldn't do it anymore (laughs) it was like oh my god what has happened yeah and it took us um at first when the coronavirus all the whole stuff you know everything was going on and we couldn't ship the books because we couldn't get them printed. That was the issue. It's not that they couldn't ship. They couldn't get printed. So and when all that started, we thought, oh, look, we'll see how long this will take. Write it out. We'll write it out. So we didn't find another solution for like a month. And then we're like, we need to find another solution now. Uh, so it's taken <laughs> us a couple of months to get things back on track. But now we have books in stock. We actually have books in stock. But not only that, heaps of people are buying them. So we're going to need to get more books in stock. And quite frankly, I'm stoked about yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's exciting that we're selling more. Yeah. That's awesome. But also the fact that the people that have been waiting for months are actually reading it now. Totally. And emailing and contacting me like, hey, I'm doing this exercise. That's what I think is really exciting. It's like because it's been this thing that we want to share with the world and now we're actually people are we're being reminded that it's actually getting to people and people are understanding it. It's really cool. I know, right? I know, right? And just in case you're wondering, no, it's not a money-making exercise for us. Selling, <laughs> sell, sell, <laughs> sell, selling, selling books, we, we're not making money off selling books. In fact, the book is free. If you head to renegadespropertybook.com, you better get it for free. Mm-hmm. Just pay for the postage and handling. So basically, it's 10 bucks. Whichever way you want to cut it, it's 10 bucks, but... Um, it definitely costs a lot more than that to print and send and yeah. everything, the book. So We've paid for the book. The book has come to us. We've paid for it. You just yep. chip in a couple of bucks for shipping. Basically. Totally. And it's full of really great stuff and you know, I highly recommend you check it out. I might be slightly biased. Um, <laughs> You're um, a little biased. A little biased. Yeah. Um, but it's full of really, really uh, great stuff. It's like, well, anyway. Well, one of the things that's in it is we're <laughs> going to be talking about today is fractal economics. Fractal economics. So we need to work on the jingle. Yeah, we definitely need we to, we need to <laughs> work on the jingle that one. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Hey Goose. Right. Yep. What's fractal economics? I'm so glad you asked, Gabby. <laughs> I am so glad you asked. Um, it sounds like a really intense intimidating phrase or it sounds a little bit wanky. Well, I just made it up. You, okay, there you go. Yeah, I made it up. I had, a, I had someone um, said who heard about fractal economics uh, and then tried to research it. He's like, I can't find anything about it. I'm like, well, no, because it's oh, that's really cool. the IP. It's my IP. I came yeah. up with it. It's my uh, mental model. It's, um, and that's what it is. You can't, go, you can't go to the bank with fractal economics. However, what it is... It's a uh, very, very powerful model that uh, 
synthesizes elements of um, you know physics, metaphysics, and uh, financial in- instrumentology. So the way I like to frame it up, it's the it's the universal laws, the universal <laughs> laws which power exponential property portfolio growth. So it's um it's an interesting concept because some people understand leverage or think they understand leverage, but they don't. And they also don't really know how to make it work. It's sort of one of those things that well, we started talking about health at the start there. It's like you may intrinsically know that eating more vegetables is good for you. Mm-hmm. However, if you actually uh, really got down to the science of uh, your meal ratios, whatever it is, everyone's bodies are really different, right? So whatever that meal ratio may be, you may go, okay, well, if I actually fine tune this just a little bit and increase my understanding and, and did all that kind of stuff, I would actually be able to optimize for a much higher level of uh, result. And that's kind of like a really simple way of thinking about this. So there's kind of a few parts to it, but the best way to explain it is probably going to be to break down the requisite components of it. But mm-hmm. I think it's really important for people to understand this concept. I would say that this is probably the least understood and the most quickly looked over aspect of kind of our three uh, re- really core uh, principal pillars. So, Why do you think that is? Because um, I just don't think most people really understand what it's all about and how it works and what the value is. Yeah, the real power of it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So... Um, when you combine the Holy Trinity, so in case you're new to this podcast and new to us and this world, welcome. Um, <laughs> but the Holy Trinity is our guiding principle and you can apply the Holy Trinity to any investment you ever make, ever, 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 ever. Business, shares, whatever, it doesn't matter. Now, the Holy Trinity is very simple. Cash flow, growth, and control of value adds, Right. Sort of shortening that a little bit lately to control because it's a little bit easier for people to understand right? and you can apply it in more industries. Mm-hmm. Now, those key components, so if you, have, if you have surplus cash flow in your asset, so it covers all of its expenses plus someone produces a surplus, plus you have strong capital growth and plus you have the ability to control the value of the asset or the cash flow of the asset through adding value. Now, in terms of real estate, that might be through renovation, subdivision, granny flats, all kinds of different mechanisms, levers that you can pull to, to maximize that potential. You've got to mm-hmm. understand that. Just to kind of give you some context, so in different stuff, uh, in different asset classes, that will have a different effect in different ways. So for example, shares you can't really control. The, mm. you can't yep. really, you're not really in control. You're just on a ride and you hope that the CEO of the company that you're buying shares in is not drunk. So, <laughs> um, but there are other assets that you can control, you know, like business, you can have a lot of control. In this stuff. Anyway, so really it's understanding how to use, once you get that system, once you get that wealth ecosystem of the Holy Trinity working in harmony and creating all of those aspects that you must have in every asset, Cash flow, growth, and the ability to control, that's where it really starts to come into its own. And it's about mm-hmm. bridging the idea between uh, why the Holy Trinity is important, uh, how to uh, apply this in, in like asset allocation because building a property portfolio is not just about buying houses. Sounds a little contrarian, but it's not. Uh, it's, about, it's about getting the right asset allocation in the right order at the right time based on your um, position and goals, right? So there's, there's a few different like three-dimensional frameworks you need to layer over any decision you ever make in property. Just quickly, what do you mean by asset allocation? Just in, in case that's a new term for people. Yeah, great question. So asset allocation is about choosing. So different assets will perform in different ways and will have different functions. 
Mm-hmm. So for example, to blow this out out of property a little bit, asset allocation in a whole portfolio perspective may include uh, foreign currencies or derivatives, uh, may include commodities, uh, may include shares, may include gold, may include real estate, may include all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, every single one of those is going to perform in different ways for different reasons and have different economic functions. You know, you could invest in, you could have some of your asset allocation in Bitcoin, for example, and there's going to have different reasons and different validations around why you would do that and what you expect to get from it. Okay, this is asset allocation. Now, understanding asset allocation, we can actually probably do a whole other podcast on asset allocation if you want, if you think it's going to be beneficial. Yeah, sure. So um, understanding asset allocation is super important because if you can think about what your portfolio needs, not what you think you want, right, mm-hmm. but what your portfolio needs, you're going to be able to choose the right assets to move you forward. Now, Different assets, as I say, perform in different ways. So now we're sort of leaning into stuff like the apex progression. Okay, the apex progression is the three phases that every uh, every investor ever don't care who you are. Every investor needs to move their way through the apex progression. That can happen in a few different ways, but it must happen. And that is foundation, so getting your base right, then acceleration, then legacy. Now. You're going to have different types of assets in your foundation level than you will in your acceleration level than you will in your legacy level. And even within those phases, you're going to have different levers you can pull. So, for example, if you have a lot of capital and very low serviceability, you it doesn't matter what phase you're at, right? If you have a lot of capital and low serviceability, you may need to focus on selecting assets which are going to increase your service, serviceability, okay? So, that's mm-hmm. asset selection. If you just ad hoc and go, I think that I just need to buy houses, right? You just buy houses. Buy houses, get leverage, yay. No, wrong, incorrect, incorrect. And you'll be, you'll be just another statistic of people who don't get it right in property. Simple fact. But understanding where your asset allocation fits within your portfolio is, is, is probably the, it's like, and I keep saying this is the biggest and this is the biggest. <laughs> I just can't impress on people enough the importance of this, uh, this stuff. Hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of like when you hear when you hear people, particularly at the moment, they might find a on paper good deal, and then they ask us like, "Oh, should I should I go for it? Is this what I should be buying?" And you're like, "Well, where does it fit? How does it fit? On paper, it might be a great deal, but well, you can't know. You can never know. You can never know if it's a good deal or not. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, what is a good deal? I've said it before. Like a like a fifty percent off on a, a size fifteen pair of shoes is no good if you've got size nine feet. Yeah. Okay. It's not a good deal. Oh, fifty percent off. You're never going to use them. Bad. Wrong. Wrong decision. Yeah. You just wasted the other. Exactly. 50%. So, for example, you might you you know if you don't choose the right assets in the right order, you may uh, buy something that doesn't have enough cash flow and get stuck. You may buy something that has too much cash flow and no capital growth and get stuck. You may try and buy something out of order. Uh, get excited and you're starting your property journey, you decide to go and buy some uh, big subdivision site that you can turn into a five townhouse development and it's your first property and you're like, yeah, yeah, think big, think big and then get stuck and then have a liability and then find that you are actually pouring money into that week in, week out. This is asset allocation, right? Understanding where to allocate different assets in your portfolio in the right ways because no two properties are the same and even within real estate, there are so many different types of, mm-hmm. of properties and strategies and, and 
uh, different potential outcomes. So it's super important to understand asset allocation. It's like, yeah, I probably have, I probably have an asset allocation conversation. I'd probably say, I'd go as far as to say probably every day on average, roughly mm-hmm. five to seven times a week. I will have to, have, well, have to, but I will have the opportunity to talk to someone about asset allocation to give them a course correct. Mm-hmm. Most, most people just don't understand it. Yeah, most, a, lot of, a lot of course correcting. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to talk about fractal economics, I think. What is a fractal? That's a good question. <laughs> okay. So, so cool. Yeah, good. Let's get back on track. A bit here. <laughs> so, um, a, fractal is, a fractal is an infinitely complex and never-ending pattern, which is self-similar across different scales. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, it uses the mathematical, uh, the, sorry, it uses a math- mathematically recursive integer, which basically means that it expands infinitely in both directions. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, pretty high-level kind of stuff there. Um, but the way to think about fractals is if you think about the that it, um, if you think about a nautilus, nautilus shell, shell, yeah, a nautilus shell. Every single chamber within within a nautilus shell is it uses exactly the same mathematical ratios between the size of each cell and so as it gets bigger it has exactly more at exactly the same ratio and as it gets smaller it gets exactly smaller at exactly the same ratio within each cell within its shell mm-hmm. you see the same thing uh, with atoms you see the same thing with um you see the same patterns with rivers on mountains you see the same the exact same in your veins the same in your lungs you see the same on romanesque broccoli and there's one of my favorite things uh, ever is called a mandelbrot set which is um, a mathematical and graphic interpretation of a fractal it's really an amazing thing now it's an intense watch if you want to look that up it's on YouTube. so good it's so good <laughs> it's 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 infinitely complex and self-similar at different scales interestingly um interestingly the the ratio between those integers is the golden ratio, sometimes known as the golden mean. So that's what a fractal is. But that's what the hell has that got to do with property? Well, it's a very good question. <laughs> so what we want to do is we want to understand how to, cre- how to create infinitely complex and never-ending patterns, right? Mm, it's, a, it's like this idea of exponential portfolios, yes, exponentiality. Right? In theory, the theory is it's exponential when you follow the self-similar type of... So if you can, Strategy. if you can, if you can live your life and your business and your property portfolio in tune with with universal laws and nature, right? It is super powerful. What happens, right? When you mm. you stop fighting the natural flow of things and you start, if you can understand what is the ratio, the golden ratio that I need in my portfolio, mm-hmm. what is the golden ratio? If you don't know what the golden ratio is, look it up. Just like you look up Mandelbrot sets, it's freaking awesome, right? <laughs> Freaking, freaking awesome. Freaking um, awesome. In any case, this, this idea is really about getting your portfolio in line with exponential ratios. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, and this is where the Holy Trinity comes in because you're never going to get it in line with exponential ratios if you don't follow the Holy Trinity. Simple. Mm-hmm. I've said it. It's fact. If you don't like it, fight me. All right? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> then we think about what is economics. So we've covered what fractal is, right? So what what is or what are I can I don't know. Is it what is or what are economics? What what's, is what's what's economics? 
was. Right. So economics, uh, in a literal term, is a branch of knowledge concerned with the production and consumption or transfer of wealth or the condition of a regional group as regards to material prosperity. Mm-hmm. So essentially what we're talking about is the flow and uh, retention of uh, financial or non-financial equity or rewards in regards to any asset. Not sure if that clarified it or not. Basically, what we're talking about with fractal economics is how do you need to manage your wealth or your portfolio in relation to the golden ratio, the golden mean, in order to create exponentiality and build a portfolio that is self-similar at different scales. And no matter, like all the way from the start to the end, you've got a recursive pattern based on mathematical integers, which is going to allow you to expand and exponentially grow at different scales your personal economics. Does that make sense or am I just saying a lot of words? Yeah, I'm just thinking it would be helpful to give people um, an example in, in the context of property. Like if we have a property, how do we apply this, these concepts of fractal economics? Okay, cool. I'll, I will do my best to explain it. But at this point, I want to highlight the fact that this is a podcast mm-hmm. and the best tools to explain this concept are visual. Uh, and we actually did a training specifically on fractal economics, understanding leverage and arbitrage to create exponential growth in your portfolio. We did that inside our exclusive uh, membership site. So if you want to get involved in that and get access to that training amongst many, many, many other things, just head to investorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. Um, We kind of go deep on it there. We do a big training just specifically on fractal economics. to try and explain how that would work in a property portfolio though and to give it, a, give it real meaning, let's walk through, um, let's just try and walk through it. So, for example, let's just say you go and buy house number one, right, and you've got your deposit. We'll call that 20% deposit, right, for just, yep. for, the, just for argument's sake. Yep. Now, there are a different, few different factors that we need to consider when we're buying a property. Is it going to produce enough surplus cash flow for us to be able to liquidate any future debt? Okay, so cash flow positive. Good. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we've got our deposit in there and it's cash flow positive. Now, what else do we need uh, in order to be able to adhere to the Holy Trinity principles? Well, we need to be buying in an area of good capital growth. Mm-hmm. Why? Because compounding capital growth will give us what we call arbitrage. Now, arbitrage is the uh, buying, selling or trading of the same commodity, commodity in different market conditions in order to achieve an advantage. That's a really simple way of putting it, right? And so... With the thing with properties, you can use time arbitrage. You can basically buy it in one market and then transfer the or get or get, gain opportunity from that in a different market or market conditions. Okay, so that's the value of compounding growth. Mm. Now that that's aspect number two. Aspect number three is the ability to control the asset. Now, once you've got these strings, things working in har- harmony, something interesting, very interesting, is going to happen. So if you put in your first say twenty percent deposit. You're bought in a good area that's going to grow and it's cash flow positive. Now, depending on what time scale you want to apply here, you could just let it grow and then move your equity out afterwards. Or you can add value to the asset. So cosmetic renovation or some other mechanism that you can use to add value to the asset. Now, the idea is that you need to get enough free equity, so available or new equity, 
in your asset that you can then use that equity to purchase another property. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. If you don't have ca- a cash flow positive asset, you won't be able to liquidate the debt. So for example, if you were to buy a negatively geared property and it had plenty of growth, that's good. But if you can't finance that, that growth or that equity out of the asset and into the next one, you will not have a fractal economic scenario. You won't have the golden ratio. You won't be operating in line with universal laws and you'll mm-hmm. get stuck. And that's why people get stuck. So let's just, let's just say you have followed the golden ratio, the Holy Trinity, and you've got ca- it's cash flow positive. You bought in the right area, so you've got growth and cash flow and you've added some value to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what that is going to do, let's say, let's say you generate another 20% of available equity that you can liquidate with the cash flow. Cool. So now you've essentially got two deposits, two available deposits sitting within your portfolio. The one that you've put in and the one that has been created through time arbitrage or manufacturing equity. Mm-hmm. With me so far? Yep. So then you use the cash flow from the asset, i.e. positive cash flow, to liquidate that new deposit, 20%, to go and buy another property. Mm. Does that make sense so far without visuals? So if you can do that, you can then leverage the new equity into another property and do the same thing. Now, if you follow the golden ratio, you will be able to continue to do that. Understanding what that ratio is specifically to you is the trick, okay? Because if someone has a $500,000 a year uh, annual income, they're going to be able to um, manage serviceability and liquidity differently to someone who's got a $50,000 a year income, okay? So, and so someone, has, someone who has high serviceability and low equity versus someone who has uh, low serviceability and high equity, is good. they're going to have to operate this in slightly different ways. Is where a little bit of malleability comes in. Mm-hmm. But if you can understand that that is the process, that that is the process, then you're going to be able to move your wealth between different assets. Now, you can do that again. So you say, taking property one, you bought it with, say, a 20% deposit, then using time arbitrage and manufacturing value uh, and maybe increasing cash flow, whatever, you've liquidated the, the, the new equity position. Let's call that 20% again. You move that into the next property, property number two. Now, in doing so, if you follow the golden ratio, the holy trinity, all these kind of things that we talk about, and you get the right asset uh, allocation based on what your portfolio needs in order to be able to continue this going, i.e. pay attention to the ratios, then you're going to be able to do exactly the same thing. Buy it with the 20% you've taken out of one property, buy another property, and then uh, add value. So buying under market value is a really great way to add value for free, right? So for, this is a great way to, to accelerate this, particularly early on. If you don't have a lot of capital and time to put into renovations and stuff, Buying under market value is a really great way to expand that, this, this, this arbitrage very, very fast, right? So you buy it with your 20% deposit and then let's say you bought under market value plus time arbitrage plus you've done a cosmetic renovation, whatever the case may be, you've gained another 20% equity in that property, free equity, available equity, not total equity because 20% has got to stay in there, right? 20% has to stay behind. You can't take, put in 20% and take out 100%. You put in 20%, you leave 20%. So you've got to create new 20%. And then that you've got to have enough cash flow and that asset to be able to liquidate that debt and then take that new equity position and move it into the next one. This is where you start to become self-similar at scale because you can continue this process over and over and over again. Now, a lot of people wonder, how do you build a big portfolio? 
That is essentially how you do it. Understand fractal economics and understand the golden ratios that you need in your portfolio. Now, where it gets really interesting and where it becomes more than just leverage is when we start looking at the effects of time arbitrage on a whole portfolio. So let's start talking about, I think we understand that process now, right? Yep. Great. So then let's talk about time, what happens over time. So let's say you buy, buy a property one, you manufacture equity, you do all that kind of stuff, boom, you buy number two uh, using the golden ratio, fantastic, number three, number four. And it, let's say the time difference between buying number one and number two is like a year. And then let's say the time difference between buying number two and number three is another year. Okay, let's just say. Okay, so that's two years that have passed. Mm. Right, and then let's just say by number three and number four, let's just call that another year just for simple maths. You can do it a lot faster than that, right? But uh, that's another year. So there's three years. Now, what's probably what's going to happen along the way because you're bought in the right place at the right time and you're going to get good growth and all of that kind of stuff is that property number one through time arbitrage has achieved more capital growth. Now, once that free equity builds up to the point that you have another 20% deposit available for another property, you're going to be able to then, and as long as you still have enough cash flow in that asset or your portfolio at that point, because you will have multiple properties, so you need to, again, pay attention to your portfolio ratios. If you have enough cash flow in your portfolio to be able to liquidate that new, new equity position, so property number one has now produced a second deposit, you can then transfer that into an entire, you can basically start a whole other branch of your wealth stream. So you've got, you've got branch number one. So one buys two, two buys three, three buys four, four buys five, et cetera. But then one goes and uh, starts a whole other branch of your portfolio and we'll call that 1A. So one then buys 1A, 1A, B, uh, sorry, 1B, 1C, 1D, and it continues that same train as long as you're paying attention to the golden ratios. Then what's happening whilst all of that is going on is number two does the same thing. It goes up in value and then all of a sudden you have this hugely compounding effect. And what st starts slow becomes fast. That, that's what happens with exponentiality. So number one to number two might take a year. Number two to number three might take a year. Number three to number four might take a year. But all of a sudden you're going to be going, okay, well, this time window is starting to shorten in relation to the growth in the cash flow that I'm generating in my portfolio. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that time window starts to shorten. And if you play this scenario through on a mathematical basis, which is how I suge highly suggest everyone approaches their portfolio is using maths, not emotion, what you will see is that window starts to speed up rapidly. Mm. And then you will have the ability to you will have the ability to put the brakes on or put the accelerator on through asset allocation. Because if you just only ever bought foundational assets, you could yep. Awesome. As long as you are um, managing your debt levels, because everyone's got a debt ceiling, right? Based on their income. Mm -hmm. So you, there's a couple of different ways you can navigate the debt ceiling. Reduce your debt, increase your income. That's really the only two ways. So everyone's got a debt ceiling about what, uh, on what they can do. So you can't just buy properties forever. You used to be able to, you can't do it now, right? Lending's different. Except unless you know how to play the game. Unless you know how to get your ratios right, so this is where it all comes back down to understanding the ratios. So if you, so this, the, the way that you can continue to grow a portfolio exponentially is firstly, understand the Holy Trinity. If you don't understand that, get my book. <laughs> then you need to understand the apex progression. If you don't understand that, get my book. 
And you also need to understand how fractal economics works to apply the golden ratios based on where you are in your journey uh, so you can get the right asset allocation in the right order. Then you need to understand debt levels and managing that. Now, that's going to be something we can't comment on legally or, or otherwise because you need to speak to your broker. Everyone's situation is different. What do you want to say, Gabby? Why, why don't people do this? I mean, the principles, they sound relatively straightforward, right? And we've, mm. got, we've actually got a, a graphic that we can put in the show notes for people to see it visually, how yeah, these concepts become that exponential curve, right? So the yeah. principles are sound and make sense, but why, what stops people? Why isn't every investor doing this? Knowledge, that's it. Mm. Knowledge. It's like awareness. Yeah, it's, it's the principles. It's concepts and models. Most people don't. Most people don't have the capacity to think in models in the right way, and mm-hmm. they don't know how to uh, synthesize different ideas um, from different aspects of uh, life. Now, most people just don't get it. Most people just don't get it. We're not educated on how to buy a property. We're not mm-hmm. educated on how to build a portfolio. We don't even get taught how to do a tax return at school. Like, how do you expect anyone to know this? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you actually expect anyone to know this? There are a Scarce few investors, I would say very scarce, that actually understand these concepts. And I would go as far as to say basically none that have been able to encapsulate it and model it in the way that we have. I've never seen anything like this, which is why fractal economics is a term that I made up because I was like, we've got to, we need to be able to show this in a way. Because, like, oh, yeah, leverage, leverage, leverage. It's like, yeah, but it's not just leverage, is it? It's not just leverage. It's not just like, oh, yeah, leverage and let's get more debt. It's not just yeah. that. It's about understanding ratios, how to move things on and how to move things through. Because the aim of the game for most people is not to build a big portfolio, it's to get big freedom, right? And you need to understand what those ratios are going to look like, you know, like what net worth, what cash flow, like what is, what is it doing? Once you can start to understand all of that, it's really about turning dials. It's really be about becoming a scientist. Mm-hmm. So because it's, because it's essentially exponential mathematics, I assume the starting point has a big role to play in the potential of that portfolio, right? Oh, for sure, of course. You know, if you start with a million dollars, if two if two people had a goal of making ten million dollars, and one started with a million, and one started with a hundred thousand, and they apply, applied the same exponential ratio, they would arrive in very, 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 very different times. I think mm-hmm. that's obvious, right? Nonetheless, nonetheless, I think that. Um, this is not something that, that is out of reach for anyone. If you can understand the concepts and the principles, the mm. values and the philosophies behind what we're doing, you can apply this it could, because it's self-similar at scale. This mm. is the whole idea. This is not like, oh, once you get to $500,000, you can start this process. No, that's not the case. It is self-similar at scale. This is the point. If you have $50,000, you can get started and you can start the process. You can start the wheels in motion. And what this does is this puts compound growth on hyperdrive. Mm. This, this is literally the, the thing that is going to get you where you want to go faster if you can understand it. Like it's, yeah, I think because there's, there's a time in the market saying, like in that situation, if, you, if, if you've got someone who has a million dollars cash on hand versus someone that has, that's saved $40,000, $50,000, yep. if they started at the same point and were heading in the same direction and had the same criteria, the person that started with a million dollars would right exponential growth much quicker and much steeper, right? Whereas if you had someone with the $50,000 start earlier in time, a 
I obviously don't know the exact math that this works, but I would imagine that the compounding growth from the years of compounding could could eventually overtake the person who may have started 10, 15, 20 years later than that person. Yeah. Did that make sense? It did make it did make <laughs> sense. Um, it did make sense. There's two big factors that'll drive. Like if I've got fifty thousand dollars now in 2020, and I'll buy my first investment property, I follow all of our principles. I follow the Holy Trinity. I follow the Apex Progression, um, and I do it in a way that is self-similar over time. Compare my potential situation in ten years' time with someone who comes into the market has never done anything, but comes into the market with a million dollars. Do you think I would be in a better position based on the concepts of fractal economics? I would have to do the maths on that. <laughs> here's the thing: there's there's like there's a couple of different levers at play there. So, firstly, time in the market that's good, and then you have got volume. So, depending on how many properties you buy, if you have one property that grows at five percent a year versus ten properties that grow at five percent a year, like it doesn't take a genius to work that out. Ten properties. If you've got ten properties leveraged at 80%, so loan-to-value ratio, let's just say, for, I'm not saying this is what you should do or whatever, but just for concept, if you, if you had 10 properties all worth $100,000 and they increased by 5% a year, then you know, you'd get, one property would go up by 5000 How many properties did I say I've lost myself in the maths there? You, know, you understand what I'm saying, right? The, mm-hmm. the volume of properties versus the growth and with the growth is going to give you an exponential return in and of itself, mm-hmm. which is why there's, um, there's a value in having multiple assets. Buying one property that goes up by 10% or buying five properties that go up by 5%, I know which I'd choose. Mm-hmm. Now, so there's the time in the market, then there's the volume of assets, and then there's the types of assets. So there's a few different factors there. So it's very hard to compare those two things together. And I would actually caution people about uh, against playing a comparison game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a. What I would suggest is if someone's got fifty thousand dollars, they would be significantly better off um, getting started. If if and only if it was going to take them. Um, if, if by investing in property, they're going to be able to grow their wealth faster than their savings uh, habits. So if you can save. Um, Twenty thousand dollars a month, uh, and you've only got fifty grand saved. I'd maybe suggest why don't we just wait like two months and get a bit more capital and let's have a go. But if you've saved fifty thousand dollars and you're saving two thousand dollars a month, okay, it's going to take you a long time to save up another another fifty thousand dollars. So realistically, by getting into the market and using um, leverage and by buying the right assets with the right ratios and stuff, you're going to be able to start moving a lot faster. Right? And that's what's going to move people forward versus someone who's got 50 grand saying, oh, do I need to wait till I've got a million? No, you don't. You really don't. You really don't. I, I, think, I think a good financial starting point um, from the people we work with is sort of around $75,000. Mm. But, but if you only had $50,000, if you only had $40,000, if you don't, for that matter, right? If you only had twenty thousand dollars, okay, and you were saving slowly, and 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 because of your situation, and you had twenty thousand dollars, if you followed our principles and bought the right properties in the right place at the right time, right, got the right asset, asset allocation, and you bought, say, a hundred thousand dollar property, just simple maths, you would be better off getting started. If it was going to take you more than, say, a year 
to save another $20,000. It's obviously not financial advice, guys, but <laughs> it's to give you a concept on it. So there's, there's a couple of levers there, time in the market plus uh, asset allocation plus asset volume um, will we, give you kind of some different scaling. Cool. How just I just want to touch on it quickly, but how how does debt levels affect this as a concept? Because I know a lot of people are a bit, you, you know, you, you grow up with your parents that are saying you, you buy a home and you work your life to pay down that home and the whole we've got this ingrained psyche to pay down our debt and that debt is a bad thing. Yeah. How can someone who might have that mindset think more clearly about how to implement Okay, sort it out. No, no. (laughs) No, like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, helpful. Yeah, yeah. No, look, there's there's a couple of things, right? So I'm mindful of time, so we can do a whole... uh, We can do a whole other episode on on debt allocation because debt allocation is... uh, Debt is an asset class, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, it's just one you need to manage really well. <laughs> um, so we could probably do a whole other episode on debt on debt allocation. I think. Um, what I would say to that, though, very loosely, and it, look, lending policies change all the time. So what I'm saying right now is not necessarily fact. It's just to give you some context. Um, debt ratios are typically, uh, I think, around I think from memory, around seven times your income. So if you earn $100,000 a year, you can probably have $700,000 of debt. But that could vary as much as five times to 10 times, right? So depending mm-hmm. on there's so many different variables there. Let's use, use that as a metric. So how can you manage that debt? How can you, how can you do that? Well, you've got to manage that debt in a... Um, uh, you're going to manage that debt carefully, right? Because too much leverage and too much debt and not enough income is going to upset the apple cart. How can you manage the psychological approach of having that much debt? Well, I think you would need to uh, probably start by buying my book. Um, and that's a mindset thing more than anything because there's good debt and bad debt. If the debt you own generates income for you, Hmm. and is managed and is low risk, then that's fine. So it's a mindset thing. We could talk about that. Hmm. Um, so then managing debt levels to be able to have a continuous portfolio really becomes about understanding what is your debt ceiling and what levers can you pull to manage that debt ceiling. So as I mentioned earlier, the two ways to manage that debt ceiling are reduce the debt or increase the income. Both hmm. things that you can do by choosing the right assets in your portfolio. So, for example, you if you need to reduce your debt, you may decide to um, buy and sub, if you're in the acceleration phase, buy and subdivide a property and sell down um, the subdivided block or sell or, or, or flip it with a DA or whatever. There's, you, you know, do an equity play mm-hmm. to pour equity back into your portfolio so that you can then transfer that increased equity position into higher cash flow assets like like micro apartments or something like that. Um, so there's different ways of doing it, but it's understanding that ratio. So there's, there's, only, there's only really two ways of um, building a portfolio. Hmm. Increase your income, reduce your debt. More of the good thing or less of the bad thing? No, debt is not bad. <laughs> debt is not bad. It's not less of the bad thing. 
Debt's great. You don't have debt, you're not doing anything in life. Like debt is great. Managed debt. Mm. Productive debt. So it's not debt is not bad. It's not more of a good thing, less of a bad thing. It's just about managing the levels. Do I need more income or do I need less debt or do I get more debt to get more income? Well, like what is the ratio there? And they're, they're literally just um they're just different ingredients in your in your portfolio cake. Cool. Awesome. I hope this has been beneficial. Uh, to what do you think, Gabby? I think it has. I think it's um. I mean, I've been chewing over what this, what type of thing fractal economics is. Is it a principle? Is it a tool? Is it a, is it a strategy? But I think I think it's a philosophy well, because it's, it's kind of just a way of almost like a language. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a roadmap. It's just like these are they. It's a way of thinking, really. Yep, it's it's hard to bucket it. Like it's mm. based on it's based on uh, philosophy. It's based on mathematics. It's based on physics. It's based on economics. It's based on universal laws. It's based on all kinds of stuff. Mm. Which is probably why people haven't thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But look, if this has been beneficial uh, for you, let us know. Um, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that kind of stuff. We have a um, we have a downloadable uh, mm. which. We had with the members training inside the Investor Lab membership. Um, we can attach that to here. But if you want to get the training, just head to um, theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. Check that out. There's heaps more awesome stuff like this happening, well, pretty much every week. So All the time. All the time. It's a fun house. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so check that out. <laughs> <laughs> check that out. And... Uh, if this has been beneficial to you and if you think that anything that I've spoken about has been uh, impactful and not too inflammatory and, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, I know sometimes I tread the lines of um, uh, social good stuff. Goodness. Social goodness. Um, but I am me and this is, these are my opinions. So, um, But if you think somebody else could benefit from, from this way of thinking, these, this, this, this recipe, then share it with them. Mm-hmm. Send them a little copy. Send them, send them our love. Send them a note from us. Anything you want to say, Gab, before we wrap up? Grab the book, guys. <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've got them here now. You get a little note from us. You get a little, get a little kiss on the book maybe if you're lucky. By the time this goes live, <laughs> we, the ones that we have here won't be here. No, they won't. So you've got to get your orders in. Just saying. Renegadesprobertybook.com. <laughs> Check it out. And as ever, see you on the inside.